wanted was that Lomalani's Chinese. I wanted a Chinese donor. That was it. And that was weird. There were people in okay. our life who were like, oh, you're getting a Chinese donor? Why? I'm like, I was hi. Like, Do you not see me as Chinese? Like, Almost that. like they expected to talk about that. us to want to like, <laughs> quote, upgrade to a white baby. I don't, it was weird. It was really weird. Welcome to the Queer Family Podcast. My name is Jamie and I'm your host. And you, my friends, are tuning in to the podcast that uplifts, highlights, and normalizes queer families and has been doing so for the past six years and won't stop, can't stop for the next 50. I don't know. That might have been a a large exaggeration, but we're going, 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 and queer families matter. And here we are. And I have somebody very special to help me introduce today's interview. It's a very special guest. It's a fan favorite. You're all going to be very excited. You know what? Bring her in, Helen. Bring in Anne. It's Anne Woods. Here she is. It's my wife. Hi, wife. Hello, wife. It's kind of funny because we're both, we're literally sitting one door apart in the same apartment, but because we have these, um, um, the video episodes now, I needed to do it so that we could both be on camera and not be like facing each other awkwardly because I don't have a camera set. I need to get a studio. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. We definitely have that in the budget. I have nothing in the budget. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know who was supposed to come in and do an intro with me last week and maybe this week? You know who that was? I do. They don't. Yeah. It was Rosie. Rosie was going to come in. I I got up the nerve to text her and she said, yes. I was like, oh my God. And then something came up and she couldn't do it. And I haven't sent a follow-up text yet (laughs) saying, okay, let's try again because I need to get the nerve up. But it's going to happen. Rosie's coming in at some point. I promise. Everybody go send Rosie like a comment or a DM on the social saying that you really want to hear her on the Queer Family Podcast or something. Yeah, she'll really appreciate that. So, Anne, the Pride Extravaganza, where we pushed out double the episodes for the entire month of June. Double the fun. I know. And beyond is over. This is season 13. Welcome to season 13. Lucky 13. It's going to be the moneymaker. My question to you, my beautiful wife, what'd you think of the Pride Extravaganza? Oh, it was fun, especially hearing you say that like 50 times a day. (laughs) Oh, now you loved it. Did you actually listen? To most, I don't seem to have the time that you have to listen to podcasts, but I listened as much as I could. And I listened to podcasts while I, while I transitioned from place to place, like to go pick up the kids and on my runs and on the way to the gym and back. Like that's my whole life. That's it. Yeah. And you have a commute every day. Yeah. I have 30 minutes and half, mostly on my commute, I actually continue to work on my commute. <laughs> Well, that is my work. So yeah, true that. I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately and you know, everybody and their mother has freaking podcasts nowadays. Like it's like the thing that celebrities are doing. Everybody has a podcast. Well, you you have a million dollars. Let's figure out how to make a million more. Right. Well, that's the thing. Like producers come to them and they're like, Hey, I think you should make a podcast about blah, blah, blah. And they're like, "Mm, should I do it? And then they do it. And then it's like super successful and it's amazing. And they get all the funding and they get all the stuff. Meanwhile, independent podcasters like myself are still over here busting our butts, just trying to 
to keep it going, really. So I know it's like franking in Congress. You can't win. Newcomers can't win. Right. And I don't even know what you meant by that. But yep. Somebody out there knows that. I'm sure they do. I it's just not me. It's not my thing. I'm not a history major, government major. <laughs> the guests that we are introducing today, Anne. Lama Lani and Lara Karina. I love saying their names. It's very fun. Ooh, that is fun. <laughs> they should have a show. They should have a show. Well, they have a really good episode coming up, and their story is full of all kinds of stuff. IVF. They tried reciprocal IVF, uh, COVID craziness, and a little surrogacy thing. There's a lot in this story. It's a beautiful story. A crazy donor search, a.k.a. search for Superman, which you and I know a lot about. And it's a really great story, so I really want to get into it. But one thing that you should know, Anne, is during the interview, they talk profusely about how much they love you. They don't really know me. That's why they love me. <laughs> everybody Thank loves you, though, you, ladies. Yeah, everybody loves you. Because they don't really know me. Oh, now, I love you, and I know, I know you very well. Most times. Uh-huh. Well, there's times. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. It's true. But here's the thing about this interview, though. I interviewed these two a long time ago, like way before Pride. And that's the thing with this show. Like I get these emails a lot from like people who try to help podcasters. And a lot of the times the content is let us help you find guests or tips for finding guests to come on your show. That is not our problem on this show at all. There that not at all. Not there at are all. so many folks out there who want to tell their queer family stories because we don't have a there's no platform for it. So finding guests is not the problem. And they're like literally knocking on our front door. <laughs> Thank goodness we're fortunate enough to have a doorman. <laughs> Privileged. I know. Yeah, you're yes, right. Very. No, but they're not knocking on our front door. But there's a lot. There I have a lot of interviews that are already done. I have a lot of interviews lined up and I have a lot more to schedule. Like there is no shortage of that. My problem is I have a really hard time saying no and I have a really hard time making decisions. And so I'm saying yes to everybody. And then something happens like this with, with La Milani and Lara Karina and their episode comes out way after we interviewed them. So we might need them to give us a little update since, since we last talked, but their story is still bomb and amazing and I can't wait to share it. But that's the truth of the of the matter. I have plenty of guests because our stories are beautiful and we want to share them. And that's the lesson with that. Also it doesn't mean if you have a good story you don't reach out and tell her about it. Keep emailing her. Yeah. Keep reaching out. I need to hear it all. I, I, we want to hear them all. Every single story. Keep reaching out. I will just find time to fit you in is the point. Me and my beautiful, wonderful assistant, Nicole, will figure it out. If we have to do double episodes to get everybody in, then we'll do that. And I'll give myself many, many colds like I have right now from the Pride Extravaganza. Way to speak for Nicole, too. Sorry about that, Nicole. <laughs> Nicole's amazing. Nicole's I know. Gone. You just tried to double her work. Well, I know. Poor Nicole. Poor, poor Nicole. We, we, need to, we need to pay Nicole. So if anybody knows of any investors or grants that I could get to pay Nicole, send them my way. I'll pay Nicole before I pay myself. Don't, don't tell my wife that. <laughs> it's true, though. Oh, I know it's true. Don't forget, you can always follow me on Patreon. I have various tiers there that you can pick from, and you're going to get bonus content like these video episodes dropped a day early. Don't forget to go to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast to join. 
make sure that you're following me on all of the socials. I'm the Queer Family Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. And YouTube is where you're going to get the full video episodes plus some cute shorts and stuff like that. Follow, do the stuff, go to tpublic.com slash the Queer Family Podcast and get your merchandise. And um, let's have Helen and Beulah roll this dang tape. And please do us the honors. Okay. Roll it, Helen. Roll it, Beulah. I'm out. <laughs> Thank you. Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. Hi, La Melania and Laura Karina. Hi, Hi, Jamie. Oh, my God. I just <laughs> want to say your name. Your name's like a million times. It's so fun to say. La Melania and Lara Karina are coming over. (laughs) (laughs) La Melania and Lara Karina are here to tell their story of queer family making. Okay, let's just, let's dive right in, all right? You know how it goes, because you're listeners. You have your 30-second elevator pitch. So I'm going to put up a little timer, and I'll never cut you off because I don't play like that. But it (laughs) makes it more fun to put the timer up. Okay, here we go. Tell us who you are and why you're here. On your marks. Get set. Go. Hi, I am Lara Karina, and this is La Milani. We've been together for seven years. Uh, We got together being 100% against having children, and then everything changed when La Milani came home one day and changed her mind. Um, So we struggled through a tumor removal surgery that was canceled because of COVID lockdown, uh, infertility, IVF. We got stranded in the 2021 ice storm in Texas while I was pregnant grad school, um, and a pregnancy that lasted forever. So um, having a toddler has actually been the easy part. Oh, I went over. <laughs> I did okay. You it did was great. like 32 seconds. <laughs> you did a great job, but I know you're not done. That's not even like, the, we, I don't even think we we got we got through the whole iceberg not there. Not at all. Just like a lot more <laughs> your story. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, let's just, let's, let's start at the beginning. You've been together seven years. How'd you meet? Mm-hmm. How did you swipe right? Was it one of them things? I don't even know how you say it. Swipe yeah, we met on the internet. Seems like everybody else now. <laughs> but not swiping. Yeah. No, yeah. we met on like the old people internet. We met on OkCupid. So you fell in love, got married, right? Well, and we were like never having kids, right? Like I would literally never go on a second date with somebody if they said they wanted kids. I'd be like, you're great. You sound really nice. I'm not the girl for you because I'm never having children because children are gross and sticky and I don't know why, right? Like, I like kids. I taught kindergarten for a little while. Like, kids are fine. I just never wanted them. And Lamalani was like, she was like a sex educator for 20 years. She'd never met a child. And so we were on the same page. <laughs> Everything was fine. Uh-huh. And then one day... Lamalani came home and we were sitting in the driveway and she was acting weird. And I looked at her and I was like, what is going on? Something's going on. What is going on? And she looks at me and she goes, I want a baby. Oh, just like out of the blue. Okay. Her brother was, was expecting the arrival of his child. I don't know how you say that. His yeah, wife yeah, was he pregnant. Was a, yeah. But still, like, we'd never, we'd never been like, oh, I think I want that for myself. Nothing. Like, we'd never talked about it. We knew we were never having children. It wasn't a part of our life. We weren't set up for kids. We traveled all the time. Like, it just wasn't, we weren't planning to do that. And then, bam, like, you just wanted kids. Yeah. And a couple of things that had happened for me. And, you know, as mentioned, I was a sex educator. So my whole life was structured to be 18 and over. And I was the kind of person who was like, I don't relate to kids. Well, the truth is I never gave myself a chance mm-hmm. yeah. to relate to a kid. Yeah. My grad school application, I 
build my additional skills as non-traditional education, which was queer sex education. <laughs> my program is paid for by a sponsor. So I was placed with a sponsor that was K-12 education. I was like, oh crap, what do I do? So that was the first right. time I really engaged with kids. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. And then at the same time, my brother was going to have his first child. And then I had me thinking about family. And well, and stuff. you guys were already in your 40s. So like yes. by then the family had kind of like, like your family of origin had kind of stopped expecting any of you guys were going to mm -hmm. have kids because nobody had kids. Mm. And then in your 40s, your brother's wife got pregnant. Lamalani just had this look on her face. I call it her feelings face. Whenever her she's like having a genuine emotion, <laughs> her face does this thing and I'm powerless against the face. Like she could literally ask me for anything and I would give it to her. I mean, obviously we have a child, right? So... She had this look on her face and I was right, like, okay, right. well, I mean, it worked. Yeah. It's, oh, oh, wow. Like she could literally get me to do anything. And um, I said, That's well, amazing. if you have the eggs, I'll make you the baby. Cause like, I had no, no, wow. like, like I wasn't interested in genetics, right? Like I wasn't really interested in that, but I also knew that if I was going to get myself right with having a child, I had to really be on board with it. I wasn't just going to do it because you wanted it. Because mm -hmm. that didn't that didn't feel good to me, you know. Like I have to be really okay with this. We were planning to get married anyway. We got married a couple months later. Then we met with the uh, reproductive endocrinologist in January of 2020. So right before everything shut down, she checked us all out. Um, Lamalani was 42 at the time, and I was 35. So we were already in that upper range of not prime baby making years <laughs> or not geriatric like, yeah that term eggs. is yeah. terrible yeah yeah well and like egg quality not prime egg it's quality terrible. years yeah i prefer just to call them dusty yeah it's yeah. good I'll, I'll yeah we had like raisins <laughs> like raisin ovaries <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> it was they were... so so you just did like a complete turnaround you're like okay all right let's do this and, and i'll and i'll carry it <laughs> Yes. I mean, the face. You have to see the feelings face. If you saw the feelings face, you would understand. It's impossible to say no. But, but I then I was like, face. I need to learn how to do it has this. To be face. Genuine. It, it's really, it has to be genuine. Yeah. You know, like it was about seven months before we actually started trying. And when I first said, if you have the eggs, I'll make you the baby, I was like 80% hoping she didn't have the eggs. Chances were certainly in your favor. <laughs> I was like, I'd agreed to do a thing, but I was like, it would be cool if it didn't work out. That'd be okay. Right. So you weren't fully there. Oh, God, no. Not in the car that day. No, I was I was right. under duress of the face. <laughs> <laughs> but um, over the next, like, eight months, I got my shit together. Mm -hmm. And then I got, you know, like... Okay. I got excited. And then I got invested. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then it turned out that I had a tumor that was the size of a small pineapple. Oh, shit. Crushing mm -hmm. my uterus and my bladder. And so oh I was going to have to have that removed. Yeah, it was like a five-inch tumor. And they couldn't see it. Like, they couldn't visualize it because my uterus and my bladder were both so crumpled because this tumor was taking up all the space. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so we scheduled that surgery and it was scheduled for March 21st, 2020. 
And I got a call on March 20th and they said, we're closing everything down. Your surgery is indefinitely canceled. Except I was like, but I have this tumor in my body and you have to get it out. What do you mean? Just it's canceled. They're like, it's okay. It's just a uterus. You know, <laughs> you're, 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 you're a body with a uterus. You can take it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was really intense. <laughs> Don't worry, we don't pay we don't pay that much attention to those. Right. Like who cares? <laughs> right? You have other organs. Like it's not even one of the important ones. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, but it's a tumor. It was a freaking tumor. It was a tumor and it was like okay, a, so, the size of a pineapple. So they shut it all down and then and then what? And then we just like waited. So the surgeon ended up being someone we knew, which we didn't know when we walked into his office, he ended up being the other gay guy at our synagogue and the other, um, (laughs) the other couple of color at our synagogue. And it was just like the guy from shul. We're like, okay, (laughs) nice. You're like, Hey, yep. Very nice. What's the Jewish word for fate? Fate? What is it? Besher. Besher. Yeah. 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 It really was. Because of that connection, he made sure that my surgery was the first one rescheduled. And so I was able to have the surgery in June. Mm-hmm. Oh, and we didn't know anyone who had ever, like, we didn't know any queer people who had kids except for my parents. And, but that was the 80s and like shit was weird in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, to- a totally other ballgame. Oh, it was. Yeah. And it's a great right. story. And, right. But it was. Can you give a nutshell of your parents' yeah, it's story? Yeah, so good. So I was, I was conceived like the OG yeah. way, but my stepdad, uh-huh. when he, my stepdad is trans, um, and when he had my stepbrother, he just went to his gynecologist uh-huh. and was like, I want to have a kid. And his gynecologist was like, cool, I'll make that happen for you. And he had like a network of gay men who would donate okay. sperm like on the DL and do kids yeah. still say that? Do they still uh-huh. say the DL? <laughs> um, like on the DL, they do. They do right here, right now. Yeah. They do. They do. <laughs> right. Back. He just like got random sperm and and had my stepbrother that way. So it's a little more formal now. <laughs> We've interviewed people who whose parents did the same exact thing. Yeah, like it's that was that was how you did it in the 80s it was on the DL exactly exactly Crazy. and okay. so you know it's weird now because with 23 and me and companies like that people are being connected with people who really did expect anonymity like they really had an expectation of anonymity that we just don't have anymore you know and so right. that's brought up like a lot of weird right. ethical questions for my brother about whether he feels comfortable mm. reaching out to these people or not. And for the most part, he's decided, no, he doesn't feel comfortable doing that because that person expected to be anonymous. So it was very different. It was not helpful to us at all. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so that's why your podcast well, no, is that's such not a great gonna help. Yeah, that's not going to help yeah. you nowadays. <laughs> yeah. Right. And here no, comes me. You. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, I started listening. I helped listening. you make a baby. Yeah. You did. Oh, you did. You, I mean, you helped us find our attorney, like everything. Like, yeah. I mean, as, as you probably already oh, know, like good. everything on the internet, most of the resources are very heteronormative Yeah, and don't apply to our situation. And our fertility yep. clinic was also very heteronormative and they made us do things that didn't feel good. Like our, our preconception counseling was <laughs> excruciating. They made us see, they made us spend $300 to see a therapist uh-huh. who was like, but what are you going to tell your family? And I was like, first of all, oh everyone we're related to is pretty clear on how babies were made. So they're pretty clear right. on the fact that we're right. missing a little something, something in the baby creation department. 
you know? And she was like, but what right. are you going to tell them that it was donated sperm? And I was like, where are they going to think the sperm came from? I mean, my mom may have thought it was the 80s again. <laughs> you wouldn't care. But it was still donated. Like, yeah. like plucking yeah. out of the sky. Yeah. She's like, are they going to understand? And I was like, we're gay. <laughs> like, we're literally yeah. gay. It was oh, one God. of the most ridiculous conversations yeah. I've ever had. And like, Lamalani's dad was adopted. I'm so sorry. we just have a lot of experience with this. But this woman just right. like can't and same handle as what, it. What will you tell your future child? I'm like, again, no, really? Like, well, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a right. biologist. Trust us. We've yeah. thought about this. Don't worry. Yeah. yeah. We've we got this. We, got, you know Whatever. what? We should teach. We should teach a class to you. Let's, <laughs> yeah, let's right. get that started. <laughs> let's go. get that going. Right? Absolutely. My, like you're a sex educator. Let's. Okay. Here we go. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Oh my God. Okay. So well, and I was on meds. So I was like irate. Yeah. Right. I was yeah. like hormonally upset about this. Lamalani was like mm-hmm. a normal person. I was, and I was like, I can't communicate with these people because I'm angry. <laughs> Listen, we're all entitled to the way we feel. Yeah. And that was one of the negative examples. Like if paperwork was all very heteronormative, there was one point where I had to sign a contract at this point where you were thinking I'd be using my eggs, where I would basically be writing off Lara Karina's role as a surrogate. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, yeah, they wanted to this. list me as a gestational carrier. And I was like, I'm not signing those papers. Because like, I nothing. <laughs> and I don't yeah. know what kind of legal bearing they'd have, assuming that we got any embryos. You know, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to sign a paper that says right. I'm just a gestational carrier. Because yeah, there's a lot of, like, legal ownership of, you know, whether it's the donor sperm or the mm-hmm. egg. There's a lot of legal ownership of whatever that item is. Mm-hmm. And we really didn't want to sign a piece of paperwork that would have her be... And and you had done an episode right around that time. That was actually how I found your podcast was because of the couple Mm -hmm. in, I think, Canada who had encountered paperwork issues through their clinic. And they actually worked with the clinic to rewrite all of their paperwork. Oh, yeah. And that was the episode. Amanda and Gab. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And that was the episode that brought me to your podcast. Uh, and it was oh, that's so a good one. Helpful. It's called "Fight the Power." Everybody should go listen mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, for sure. They really worked hard to change that damn system. They like, did. They didn't fuck around. I didn't I'm do that. So impressed. They yeah, did and a great job. <laughs> I wish I was strong enough to do that. No, but it takes a certain amount of like toughness, to, you know, to to confront these clinics mm-hmm. and say, "Listen, you know," and to not get it takes a lot of um, courage and it takes a lot of patience to not get angry and decide okay we're going to change it we're not going to get mad here right right oh absolutely I, I don't know how they did it it was amazing and that was such a great episode everybody go listen to that episode because it was so good <laughs> so so what happened well so we got the bill <laughs> i like the plug though thank you <laughs> yeah it was a good episode go listen to it um so we got the bill so lomalani was 42 and dusty we got, <laughs> we got the bill for the medication <laughs> for Lamalani's cycle, and we both freaked out. And it was so much with money. A 50% yeah. discount with a 50% for meds. discount. It was still going to be like $14,000 for the meds. Oh my and God. So uh-huh. we oh my God. Panicked. It was just because. Wait a yeah, second. Were you, did you have insurance? Did you have insurance? Cover at this point? Yeah, our insurance yeah, did not cover zero, anything. Zero fertility did coverage. Did it cover anything? No. Nothing. No. So we took a That's Jewish free loan. Yes, it is. Yes. So we took a Jewish free loan through the Jewish Federation of Los Angeles. Like Nikki Levy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we talked to another person who got a Jewish free loan for yes. fertility. I think mm-hmm. she was the first gay woman to get the loan. 
That's amazing. Yeah, it was, <laughs> and it was have been so easy. The second. Second. It was yeah, so it was great. Well, because well. each city, each Jewish federation has their own free loan. So it mm-hmm. might have been that just the federation that that she went through. So we got the Jewish free loan and then we got the bill and then we panicked. And then we immediately decided to try my eggs instead. Whoa. Because I'm change. seven years younger. We thought it was going to be better. Yeah, the, the chances are better than mine. Right. So we're like, if we're going to do it, we're going right. to try to be as successful as possible. And it's it's less expensive that way because you don't have to do reciprocal IVF. So IVF costs what it costs. Um, at our clinic, it didn't matter what body the eggs went into. It was mm. the same price. And because our doctor was super thorough, instead of just having us start IUIs, she wanted to do all of the tests beforehand, which I'm really grateful for because my fallopian tubes were 100% occluded. So oh, I never would have gotten pregnant doing IUIs and we would have wasted a lot yeah. of money. So yeah. we were very lucky that way. And again, all of this happened during COVID lockdown, which meant I was alone mm-hmm. for everything. Lamalani couldn't come with right. me at all. Yeah, I can imagine. So when you switched eggs, egg donors, yeah, had you already gotten your sperm? Had had you picked out your sperm? Like, where does the sperm come in? <laughs> so we, I don't remember. Had we already gotten the sperm? We we had been, so I had been shopping a lot because I'm a student, and that was a great distraction. distraction. I so, couldn't have cared less. Yeah. So our um, <laughs> fertility clinic would only go through California Cryobank because it's well vetted and it has good, you know. And California standards, I guess, are stricter than mm-hmm. other states, and so they preferred huh. California Cryobank. So we went with California Cryo. Yeah. So I would just spend a lot of time online shopping, and it's so weird. It's definitely not the eighties. So I just. Like go through these profiles, yeah. like I was Shopping, looking, yeah. like it was almost like I was online dating, but not interested in the person, <laughs> and, like purely for genetics. Yeah, that's so, why it turns it turns into the search for Superman. Like yeah, you get, it can well, get and, you can get down a rabbit hole. And what was weird was that like Lama Lani <laughs> would like call me from the other room, and she'd be like, "Look at these guys," and I'm like, "I don't care." And she'd be like, "Look at these guys. Which one do you like?" And I'm like, "I literally don't care. All I wanted was that Lamalani's Chinese. I wanted a Chinese donor. That was it. And that was weird. There were people in okay. our life who were like, "Oh, you're getting a Chinese donor. Why?" And like, and I was hi. Like, do you not see me as Chinese? Like, almost that, like they expected to us to want to like <laughs> quote upgrade to a white baby. And to- it was weird. It was really weird. Oh, it was my surprising. God. And That's yeah. some- I don't know if it's been said before, but like most, the majority of donors are white. white. So once you filter for an Asian and it's not even just Chinese, it's just grouped as Asian. All you can do is yeah, filter by Asian. And then from there, you have to look at every donor and filter out Korean donors and Japanese donors and Cambodian donors. And yeah, so it really is just a handful at that point that you're looking at. When you filter it to Asian, what does it drop to? It like dropped to like park. 16, something like that. There were like 16 okay. Asian donors. That's and then there were a like... a huge drop. Yeah, it was certainly yeah. under 100. And it was probably in the... No, no, no. It was like maybe there was like 20, like 20 Asian donors at the yeah. time. 12 of those were Chinese. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I needed a CMV negative donor for reasons that mm-hmm. surpass understanding. Mm-hmm. But anyway, at that point, we literally had 10 people <laughs> to choose from. No, it was less. Or five or something. It was, it was five. Right. It was crazy. And there were five. And Lamalani became unreasonably obsessed with height. I think that's because I'm masculine she identified. She like, really wanted a we tall height thing. <laughs> and I was like, why? And she's like, we need someone who can get things off tall shelves for us. And I was like, 
They make stools. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Listen, things, crazy things start to matter. Yeah. And I don't think the height thing is crazy, but like the things <laughs> that we hone crazy. in on, just, yeah. it's funny. These donor stories are so funny. So, and like, we're not so related you, to anybody over 5'10. Mm-hmm. So I don't know why you're tripping right. over 6'2. No, it, it is, it's nice because we didn't have a lot, like, you know, Lara Krina didn't care. I was just like, had a couple right. things where I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if someone was tall? We did not, <laughs> we did not go with an extremely tall donor. No, we did not. We because went with we a donor five, who's 5'10". Five, five, <laughs> yeah. And that's He's, because. Wait, how tall? 5'10". Just like oh, okay, my yeah. dad and your dad and yeah. your brother and mm-hmm. every man we know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was nice because we didn't have disagreement. And it's like, we generally had, um, yeah. You know the same idea and you know there's a few people that have adult pictures and lara karina liked this one person who had a very what i call very typical chinese picture of no you called it a chinese grandma picture yes she's like she's like we can't use <laughs> his sperm and i said she why not because he looks like my grandma because <laughs> he's just like <laughs> taking a picture in front of flowers my grandma does that all the time and i'm like it just reminded me of my grandma <laughs> I was like, but he's an artist and his parents are doctors. Look at that. And she was like, he looks like my grandma. <laughs> Not happening. Yeah. Not. It's so funny, it's the things, funny. right? Yeah. It really is the funny things that we was... we we say someone's a no for. It's yeah. such a bizarre experience. It really is buying sperm. So you find your Got you it. find your dude. Yep. You agree. Yes. You did yes. you did you buy did you buy multiple? Did you buy up? Did you listen to the podcast? And oh we bought one. Oh yeah, yeah. And then right. we bought one. Oh. And then and then you came to me and you were like, he's going out. He's, he's selling he's out. Going out of stock. We need to buy one more. And I was like, I agreed to do this one time. And she's like, no, just in case. And I was like, okay. You had a backup plan for everything. Oh. <laughs> you just you got no. nervous that he was selling out. Yeah, I did. So I, was, still I think I was already pregnant at that point too. Yeah. Because <laughs> we couldn't really afford to do it more than once. So we got one embryo from my retrieval. Mm-hmm. Oh shit! That's not that's not a lot. Yeah, I didn't grow. That's well. I think probably why I was going to get a backup. <laughs> I started with five eggs, and at the end of the six days, we had two embryos. One of them was chromosomally abnormal. One of them was good, mm-hmm. and that that ended up being our child. Wow! And it worked. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Wait, Lamalani, you were going to say something? Oh yeah, yeah. I was just going to talk about how. Um, our family is mostly vulva havers and so we're not used to penises so we were like before we were like oh if we had right. a choice what would we pick well we obviously pick girl. a girl because like we don't know we don't know anything about dudes right. you know well and then yeah. we had another right. conversation as being jewish we didn't want to have to make the choice about a breast well yeah i, I knew that i was oh, going to need right. to get yeah. myself right with it and so mm. we decided to find out what the sex of the embryo was it ended up being male and we both went, oh, oh. <laughs> uh, okay. I I know that feeling, not with the embryo, but right. yeah, yeah. It was it right. was because you have a son it's, too. It yeah. was um. It ended up being perfect. I'm so glad that that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But at the time, we were like, oh, okay, okay. yeah, all right. And we were like <laughs> both a little it's... disappointed and pretending that we weren't. <laughs> and now I can't imagine a life without him. So it's such a weird thing and it's not everyone doesn't go through this, but it is for some folks like me included. It was real. It can be really hard to wrap your head around the fact that, okay, I'm having a boy. Right. 
Well, I didn't know anything about guys, really. Like, I don't. Our pediatrician must think we're so weird. We have all these penis questions every time we go see them. So anyway, Interesting. Um, okay. But we, we talked to the rabbi. Well, wait. So oh. you did a did a retrieval. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I then did a we were like backup, backup plan. plan, one embryo. That's not good odds. And so, and Lamalani, I think you wanted like you had a connection too. I did have a genetic connection. I, I think right. because I I like gen- I'm a biologist, so I like genetics. Right. In a way that I. Didn't. You wanted a genetic tie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, at this point, my parents got really excited. So they, they helped loaned us, us the money pay to, for to pay for a second retrieval. Oh, and it was nice. going really well. Oh, my God. She got twice the number of eggs I got. She had five times the number of embryos that I got, or three times the number of embryos Whoa. I got. And I and remember, I was very early pregnant at this point. Um, two of us on hormones. Two of us on times. It was super intense. And you were already pregnant. Wait, you were pregnant. I was very newly pregnant, and Lama, but Lamalani wasn't allowed to come with me. She'd never heard the heartbeat. She'd never been in the room. She'd never seen the ultrasound, nothing. All of her embryos were chromosomally abnormal. None of them were usable. And one of oh, the things wow. I really regret is that I was in like new pregnancy. I'm sick all the time. It's COVID. I'm alone. I'm freaking out place. And I wasn't really able to understand the feeling of loss that you felt. And I really regret not being as supportive as I could have been when you were going through that. And I just didn't understand. I wasn't in a place to be able to understand what that felt like for you. And it was also surprising to me as as someone who was masculine presenting and had never wanted kids, you know, and I was thinking of this more of a backup plan. And so it was surprising to me that I'd felt such grief and loss I was shocked actually and And that was and that lingered Mm -hmm. those feelings Mm -hmm. lingered for a long time yeah so we didn't have a backup plan and and that was I think also we didn't have anyone to share it with yes yeah because we're at this point we were still in Ohio and it was all very very lonely I just want to Take a second here, because all y'all at home who are listening did not just see the amazing coupling beauty that just happened between these. I feel like I just watched a beautiful therapy session. I would cry. Like, and then they they put their heads on each other and they looked each other in the eye, and it was like such a special, sweet moment. I felt like I maybe I should give them a second. Like that was so beautiful and so well done. I love that you just brought that up because that is something that is really unique to our families. Mm -hmm. You're pregnant right now, Lara Karina and Lamalani, your, your wife is pregnant and you're experiencing this like terrible, terrible loss. Yeah. But your wife is still pregnant. Yeah. And you know, you're going to have a baby that doesn't have a genetic tie to you. That is something that really matters to you. And so how do you work through that? And doesn't matter to me, which is the (laughs) fucked up part, because the only reason I'm genetically related to this child is because I was younger. Mm -hmm. That's the only reason I did not care at all about having a genetic tie to my child. And you did. And you couldn't Mm. have that. Yeah. Wow. So how'd you how did you move through? Like, what'd you do? How'd you make it out? I think it was really the successful caring and like every time everything was positive, you know, again, keep in mind that I was in the car. So I was feeling a step removed from all of these checkups and things, but like as things were progressing and it was successful and healthy, then the 
loss and the grief um, was replaced by joy. And it doesn't say that I necessarily dealt with it. And that took a couple times later where I had to really, really think and identify that, you know, this is also my very Chinese upbringing is I have to really think about my feelings. And so I had to like sit and think, it's like, oh, I'm grieving. Okay. It's like a whole mix mm. of things. Like, why am I feeling sad? Okay. This is why. Or even what is that feeling? Oh, it's sadness. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially when there's so much going on besides like. The and, and admittedly, our cultural backgrounds are so different. You know, my family, we're, we're Middle Eastern and Latino, right? We're very in, you know, our culture is very connected to our feelings and we talk about our feelings and we experience our feelings and it's loud and it's a whole thing. And your family's Chinese Stuff and Canadian. Stuff in a box and put it away. <laughs> yeah. And so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it has taken a long time for me to understand <laughs> that if you don't express your feelings, it doesn't mean that you're not having them. It means that you maybe don't know how how to identify them. Yeah. And so I think mm-hmm. I wasn't really mm-hmm. as um, aware mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as I wish I had been um, to what you were going through at the time. Yeah. And it comes up it's every now and again. Sweetest. <laughs> well, look Thanks. at you. I mean, you're talking it out right in front of me. I mean, it's just <laughs> Sorry. freaking that beautiful. Weird? <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, my God. It's just making me, it's just like validating for me that queer people are doing it right. <laughs> I mean, you know, like, I, I try, I take every opportunity <laughs> that I can to say that because I, I really do, you know, I, I really do regret that. You know, I regret how alone you were in those feelings. And, you know, I try to just, own that thank you as often as possible <laughs> <laughs> no it's all good um but yeah it's, yeah so so that was weird that yeah it, it was just so many emotions like at a time when people were having a lot of emotions anyway it was right like, it's a lot right it's a lot yeah and then a lot. I got laid off from my job mm-hmm. and I was pregnant oh, yeah. and I was over Ohio and we were standing in our kitchen and I looked at Lamalani and I said, you're ABD, all meaning dissertation. all but dissertation. I'm going home to California and you can come with me if you want to. I said, hell <laughs> I am yeah. not having this baby in Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> and there's actually a lot of reasons okay. we, we thought about this quickly too, is like, you know, if, if he wanted to change his gender marker in the future, it's easier it's to do easier. in California than it is to do in Ohio. And so like there were, and also parenting right now it is right Right now correct (laughs) correct yeah right yeah Um, you know and like birth certificates are just different in california in terms of like you can be listed as a parent instead of a mother or a father Mm -hmm. and that Mm -hmm. wasn't the case in ohio Mm -hmm. our doctor was like oh well yeah a lot of my patients drive two and a half hours to pittsburgh and have their kids in pennsylvania and i was like that's a hard fucking pass yeah (laughs) i don't personally find pennsylvania to be much uh, (laughs) but also it's two and a half hours like i'm gonna drive two and a half hours in labor to pennsylvania like i'm not doing that literally they have a more forgiving gifts but yeah like it's it's there's some things that need to be addressed but anyway so we had oh a good God, idea. So fucked up. Yeah, it's, it is. It was, yeah. Like the idea of having that baby in Ohio was starting to make me panic. Like I didn't feel good about that. Yeah. And so we oh, rented. And like, we don't know how we'll be treated in the healthcare. Facility. That's true. You know, that's true. facility as far as queer parents, like mm-hmm. get it. So mm-hmm. we're yeah. not going to be the ones to fight that fight. No, like uh, right. there are people who are fighting that fight and I support them and I think they're great, but not being from there, I didn't feel like it was really my fight. I wanted to come back to California. So we rented a motorhome 
we got our army of cats and we put them in the motor yes, home. You do. As you do. You know. Because <laughs> so lesbian. the lesbians. I know. Right? <laughs> so queer. I know. Like, I feel like that might As be the gayest do. thing about us. <laughs> <laughs> our army of cats. In the motorhome, too. I mean, it all it all tracks. It, all, like, it, was, COVID. it was COVID. Like, I didn't want to get sick. We didn't want to be on an airplane. Yeah, it yeah, was, yeah, yeah. I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. We had no backup plan. Like, it, I was, like, super excited about this right. prospect. However, like she did a lot of research. There was a spreadsheet. We made it home. My mom had vegan dumpling soup waiting for me because it was the only thing I wanted to eat. And then, oh man, I couldn't get a, find a, an OB. Nobody was taking new patients. And so I ended up with a midwife Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I went well past the legal limit. I was pregnant for 43 weeks Whoa. Yeah. I, like, I was really pregnant for as long as you're allowed to be pregnant. Um, I never went into labor. My right. water broke. I still never went into labor. And then she recommended that we go to this hospital that was really far away because they had a nice midwifery team. Yeah, we were planning on doing a home birth. And so this particular hospital an hour away from where we live is, is kind of like a yeah. birthing experience as close as we can get in a hospital of. setting. And, and also, mm-hmm. you know, like we we didn't have access to resources because it was COVID. Yeah. So, you know, right. no doctors were accepting new patients mm-hmm. unless you had a relationship with them. And I had been gone. So I didn't have a relationship with anybody. I mean, but you're pregnant. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, this baby's going to come. It was, we're going to need some help. <laughs> it was not ideal. Knowing what I know now. I mean, I made the decisions I could, but mm-hmm. the upcoming pregnancy that we'll tell you about will be very different. <laughs> That was some foreshadowing right yeah, there, but we'll get yeah. into that. Um, spoiler alert, I'm not the mom. I am the mom, but I'm not the mom. There is no mom. Right. But I'm not, it's not my baby. There's a whole nother thing we have to talk about here. Yes. Um, there's a whole nother thing. Yes. But let's finish this. So you went to a home birthing place. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't allowed to do it because I didn't go into labor. So I ended up going to a hospital and being induced. And I pushed for about 12 hours. I was in the final stage of labor and my, my baby was very long. He was 22 inches long and he was crushing my sciatic nerve and it paralyzed me and I couldn't move and he was stuck. I thought I was experiencing nerve death. I'd never experienced what sciatic nerve pain felt like before. So I thought that I was experiencing nerve death in my legs and I was like, oh, I got to get my legs amputated because I was in labor and like your brain does weird shit when you're in labor. Yeah. And you had been pushing for 12 freaking hours. Right. And I was like, they're never going to amputate my legs. I was like, that's okay. I can do it myself. I just have to get us. Like it was, it was not good. Your brain was not in the right place. No. Her mom pulled the doctor aside. Well, no. She really doesn't want her legs amputated. Because I was like, can you just amputate my legs? (laughs) And my mom was like, I don't think she really means that. And the doctor was like, yeah, no fucking kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I finally ended up having to have a C-section. But by the time we got to the point of having the C-section, I was like, get the baby out of me. Like, I don't care if this baby comes out my nostril. Just get it out. Get it out. I'm done. He ended up being born. He wasn't particularly heavy. He was eight pounds, um, but he was very, very long. Wow. So much for the tall donor. Well, there you go. You I know, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Everyone's like, he's going to be so tall. <laughs> wow. Okay. So he ended up being born. On my grandmother's on birthday. On your grandma's birthday. So yeah. it was... Which was amazing. Shared. Yeah, he was so late, he changed the expected yeah. 
horoscope sign, astrological sign. Oh, he did. He was supposed to be a Leo. He yeah, became a Virgo, a Virgo, like La Milani. So my life is, we have competing oh. organizational structures. <laughs> <laughs> but what's meant to be yeah. is meant to be. Yep. Yeah, right? and he's amazing. He's just like mm-hmm. the greatest little person. He really is. Yeah, he was just amazing. And, you know, we reached out to a rabbi before he was born because, you know, I don't the whole we don't know. Like yeah. we had to, you know, we we're going to have a Brit Milah. We, I didn't know anything about it. Lamalani didn't know anything about it. And I th- kind of thought it was weird. Like, I don't know. It seemed like not having a lot of experience with penises. It seemed like a weird thing to do to cut off a piece of the anatomy unless you have like a good reason for it. And so I just like called up this rabbi mm-hmm. and I was like, look, this feels weird. And he was like, it does feel weird, doesn't it? It feels weird because it is weird. It's also basically the most Jewish thing you can do. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. So we ended up doing Mm -hmm. it. It was fine. I was highly traumatized. No one else gave a shit. I was traumatized. Yeah, we ended up doing it because culture and tradition is very important to us. Mm -hmm. Like we try to put a very queer and, you know, modern spin on it. But we, in fundamentally, we we do want to maintain our cultural traditions. And So so it was done in my parents' dining room. On my mm-hmm. mom's lap. <laughs> because COVID. Because was COVID. Yeah. But no, but it's always done on the, on the lap. Oh, no. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, in the house. Grandparent. Was, but yeah. um, no big party. Uh, no big party. But it was, and it was very sweet and weird. And I panicked and then was super traumatized yeah. for like a couple weeks later until it healed. Yeah. What I love is that throughout the entire pregnancy up until he was actually born, Laura Karina didn't feel a connection. Oh, I had no connection to him, really. Until... I was very much me, and this is my body, and weird shit is happening inside my body, but I didn't feel like an us at all. And and the second he was in my arms, I bonded to him immediately. But I did not have that, like, earth... I hated being pregnant, too. But it's just interesting, because you didn't want kids in the beginning, and came around, and now you're carrying, and it's your egg... And yeah. <laughs> um, you're still not feeling a connection. Like, were you no, worried? No. I was very worried. I was yeah. worried about yeah. postpartum Actually, depression. Yeah. I was worried that I wasn't going to bond. I was very worried. And mm-hmm. I think because my expectations were so low, which is kind of my my MO for life. I'm like, keep those expectations low. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. And I won't be disappointed. <laughs> um, but no, I was expecting to have some postpartum depression and I was expecting to have difficulty bonding and neither of those things happened but I also think it's because I didn't have high expectations for my pregnancy experience and I wasn't expecting it to be great and so I I did have a couple uh, moments afterwards of being like what the fuck like I'm never gonna get to mm-hmm. you know like be a person again like now I'm somebody's mother I don't belong to me anymore mm-hmm. and I still have moments like that like I just I just want to sleep in on a Saturday yeah I'll do yeah. Like, I just really yeah, want to sleep in do. on a Saturday. Hopefully, Jamie, please tell us that'll change. Yeah. <laughs> Can we sleep in it, any day? <laughs> it'll, ha- it'll happen. Okay, good. <laughs> it'll eventually happen. I mean, it's it's amazing. It's great. I'm yeah. loving having a toddler. Yeah, he's so great. He's and gotten so fun. 
Oh, good. He's talking and he does weird shit. Yeah. It's funny. It's and... a sense of humor. Like, it's, yeah. he's just so freaking cute. <laughs> yeah, he's a cool kid. Yeah. Um, I literally can't imagine, Aww. like, doing it again, like, having an infant again, giving birth. I, I literally mm. think the most sadistic thing in the world is that you spend the last month of pregnancy unable to sleep because you're uncomfortable as hell and you have heartburn, like, out your ears. Mm-hmm. And then you have a baby and you're expected to make good choices. Like, I haven't slept in a month. Like, I can't make good choices. And now you're just going to, like, hand me this kid and send me home? Like, what is that? Okay. So you had this. So you ended up with this beautiful bond, even though it's really hard, but he's super awesome. And so where where are you at now? What's going on? Um, So I just started medication to do a transfer. I am going to be a gestational carrier for a gay couple. In our lives, our dear friends. What? Yeah, and you know, one of oh the things, one of the things that I that kept coming up for us was just how fucking it's expensive and inaccessible it is for queer people to have kids. And we were so lucky that we had a viable uterus, potentially two viable uteruses if we needed them, mm-hmm. because that mm-hmm. is so expensive. And so, early on in the pregnancy, I told Lamalani that if it worked. Um, I wanted to consider being a gestational carrier for our friends, mm-hmm. you know, like if everything went okay, even though I hated pregnancy. And then when I was holding our baby Rafa in my, in my arms, I just remember I cried a lot, you know, like you cry a lot after you have a baby. They were like, but for me, they were like happy. This mm-hmm. is amazing tears. And I just remember looking at Lamalani and saying like, I want them to be able to experience this. I want them to have their baby. And I knew that there was no way they were going to be able to, like, pay $160 for a surrogate. That wasn't going to That's what I mean. $160,000 yeah. for a surrogate. Like, it just was $160. <laughs> right. Like, I knew they were never going to be able to afford that. Who can afford that? Especially not if you're trying to, you know, right. live in L.A. And I think, wow. like, the other thing that I'll say is, like, Larkina told you that the story of the actual birth, but it was really, really traumatic. And it was really traumatic for her. Like she's mentioned that, but it, I don't, I think he kind of downplayed it. And it was the birth, the, yeah. the birthing and the, and the, the way the doctors treated her pain. You know, I'm sure a lot of people say things like, I want to die and all these things during labor. <laughs> I, I did say that. And I know my wife and she has a crazy high pain tolerance. So I knew that this pain wasn't, it was different. The sciatic nerve pain. Yeah. It was very different and it was very, very, mm-hmm. very intense and real. Yeah. And I, and, Part of it is like, they didn't know what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to explain what I was feeling because I didn't know what was happening. So there was, there was you a know? lot of mm-hmm. trauma that was in there and mm-hmm. many layers. And, you know, so I was scared of this happening again. You were very nervous about me having another mm-hmm. pregnancy. Yeah. And so one thing that helped me is that Larkin said, I want to rewrite the story. I want to do it with more information. I want like a real me. doctor. I want to have an actual OB this time. <laughs> <laughs> and so it would be healing for her to rewrite the story. Yeah. Ah, so you want a do-over. I do want a do-over, but like I do-over. don't want to have to raise an infant after I do it. <laughs> so I'm like really excited about giving the baby to the dads and sleeping oh it off. It's amazing. <laughs> and Lavalani, you're good with it and on board. Yeah. And I was just talking through my fears too, because like as a partner watching your person go through that experience like I felt so freaking helpless so of course I had these fears Mm. and just talking you know because again we didn't have that support 
mm-hmm. during COVID and while in Ohio. So it's going to be different because we do have support. We do yeah. have family here. We do have friends. Mm-hmm. A lot of the shutdown tricks in the past. So it'll be different for me as well. And I think I just needed that reassurance that there will be support and wealth will be taken care of. Yeah. And a lot of yeah. that, a lot of what we went through had a like the lockdown, COVID lockdown really impacted our experience significantly. Mm. You know, it impacted all of the choices we made. It impacted where we lived. It impacted the support we had access to. It impacted the medical care that we had access to. It impacted every, and also just like the daily fear of getting sick and losing our one, our one chance at having a baby. So once we kind of unpacked that, we mm-hmm. decided that it was a fine thing to do. And yeah, well, like as soon as we sign the rest of the paperwork, which we just got in an email today, um, we'll go ahead and schedule a transfer. And then I get to do it all over again. (laughs) Okay. Well, I hope this time is a little, a little easier and better. (laughs) I do too. I hope we enjoy it a little bit more this time. Oh my God. That's amazing. (laughs) What way to pay it forward. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, and like, they're two just really wonderful people and we love them so much, you know, and they've been a part of our chosen family for a while. And I would literally never do this for anybody else. Well, thank you two so much for sharing your beautiful story. It's amazing. Thank Thank you for having having us. us. I I can't wait to hear, as I say all the time, I'm invested and now I need to know how this goes. You got so it. So <laughs> keep, keep, keep us posted. Absolutely. Keep us posted. I want to know. And I'm wishing you all the baby dust, thank you know, in you. the world. Surrogacy baby dust. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you. All right. So well, much. thank you so much. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Thank Absolutely. you. Queer Family Podcast. Well, folks, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of the Queer Family Podcast. If you do like what you hear or what you're watching on YouTube, please feel free to subscribe, rate, review us. All those things help us get this out to an even wider audience under the realm of visibility matters. It makes a huge difference. So please go do all those things and feel free to write a really nice review. I don't mind that ever. Ever. And also make sure you're following us on all the socials. We are on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at the Queer Family Podcast. Make sure you get your Pride merch with the Queer Family Podcast merchandise at tpublic.com slash the Queer Family Podcast, or you can also find that merchandise on our website, thequeerfamilypodcast.com. You can also find it in our Instagram link in bio if you're on Instagram more than anything. Do that, do all that stuff. And join me on Patreon. Patreon, you're gonna get, actually, you get the video episode dropped a day early, y'all which is huge and some other bonus stuff too. So head to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast, find the tier you can afford and join. I would love to see you over there. Let's create a big community. Let's be visible folks. I love you all so much. I'm so happy you tuned in. Please tune into the next one. And if you feel like watching another queer family podcast episode and you happen to be on YouTube, just click to the next one. You might as well just watch us all day. I'm going to say that every week at this point, watch us all day, watch queer family goodness all day long. Cause who can get enough of that? No one. Come on. I love y'all. I'll see you next time. I mean, I'll be in your ears next time, however you are listening or or watching. You know what I mean. I love y'all. Thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Love is love is love on the Queer Family Podcast. Love is love.